welcome to the Spec Saver Screenwriting Podcast, a series to help you navigate the tricky world of screenwriting and save your spec script. I'm Victoria Ferguson, I'm a writer and a script executive, and here I'll be in conversation with other screenwriters I admire, from those just starting out to award winners whose content you may have already binge-watched. They'll be sharing their own screenwriting journey and advice on everything from how to get inspiration for your next script to how to make writing a full-time career. So pop the kettle on, fire up your laptop, light that scented candle. It's going to be a good writing day. Thank you so much for joining me for this first episode of the podcast with my guest, screenwriter Kate Elmer. I first came across Kate last year when we were both longlisted for the 2020 Funny Women Comedy Writing Award, uh, which she won. So I was really excited to chat to her about Funny Women and what it takes to write an award-winning script. I think she's the perfect person to kick off this screenwriting podcast because she has had such great success already with the kinds of screenwriting schemes and competitions that so many of us try to enter to break into the industry. She's already been on the Royal Court Playwriting Programme and the BBC Comedy Room Scheme. She's also been a part of a writer's room for a new Sky Comedy. So Kate really does have some brilliant advice about how to break into the industry. We spoke about everything from should you study screenwriting if you want to be a writer, to what it's like in a writer's room, to how to balance writing and making money. I really hope that you enjoy listening to our conversation and that it gives you some inspiration for when you go back to working on your own spec script. So sit back and enjoy the podcast. Firstly, huge congratulations, Kate, on winning the Funny Women 2020 Comedy Writing Award. Um, That was for your script, Mulch Wanted. Yes, thank you. Thank you and yes. Was this the first time that you'd entered the competition? It wasn't the first time I'd entered. I'd entered the year before and not placed anywhere, as is often the case. And um, it was pretty strange. I had no Wi-Fi at my house, so I had to go all the way to Bournemouth. My friend uh, Kat in Bournemouth was the only person with reliable Wi-Fi in my life. Um, So it was, it was, yeah, it was very strange. I did not think I was going to win. I was practicing my gracious loser face all week, you know, like the the clap and the smile. So um, yes, it was very strange, but it was very nice. Uh, My parents were on the call and uh, a couple of other people. So good job. Good job it came through. Otherwise it would have been a bit (laughs) embarrassing. What's the, um, can you tell me a bit about the script? Like what kind of genre is it? And I mean, obviously it's comedy, but what kind of space does it sit in? Um, It's very, I I get the the feedback I get a lot is it's very BBC Three, um, (laughs) (laughs) which I guess that's no bad thing. It, um, yeah, it's a TV sitcom pilot. Um, I actually started it about three years ago. I was on the BBC Comedy Room scheme and um, started it then. And it was, I think it's done well because it's the first thing I've written, which is kind of my own humour. I think before I was writing with producers in mind, with the BBC in mind, with competitions in mind. And so I wasn't really writing anything that made me laugh in particular. Whereas this is the first time that I did like funny stage directions. And I wanted the the reader to enjoy reading it because I realised that was a big part of starting off, um, you know, because the people 
that see the script for the first time are the readers. So they need to enjoy it as well as an audience need to enjoy it. And, and um, so I wrote funny stage directions and I just kind of wrote dialogue in the way that me and my friends speak to each other uh, for the first time. And uh, I think that made a difference. I think it uh, felt more authentic then. And the thing I kept hearing as well, that it had good voice, which is something I never knew what that meant for, for years. I was trying to see, I was like, what is voice? What's voice? But I think it's just a kind of authenticity, a style as a writer. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so <clears throat> it is a uh, TV comedy and it's um, kind of based on a few autobiographical moments. Uh, the main character is kind of like a, a, a bit of a desperate um, girl. She's she's trying to get her uh, uh, character, Noah, who's her kind of on-off boyfriend. She's kind of desperate for his love and approval. And it's slightly based on me in my desperate single years when I used to try and like buy gifts for guys to make them like me. Um, I'm past that now, I hope. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's some of that. And it's a kind of on the road, kind of modern day Thelma and Louise adventure story. That sounds amazing. And so... Just um, for, you know, people who may not have got to the finals or won a script writing competition, what would happen to that script now? Um, well, it's not a straightforward, you know, commission. I, I thought maybe there'd be like a limo outside my house the next day and like, you know, some elusive TV executive would say, just kind of pop a cork and say commission. But um, no, I think it's it's a big help in terms of um, suddenly people are emailing me back and um, things like that. I, I seem to be, uh, you know, getting taken seriously a little bit more, so, which is really nice. And um, a lot more people are reading the script. Um, the I made sure to get in touch with funny women who have, you know, have been fantastic and um, said, could I uh, get some of the judges' comments um, in an email? Because... They were read out during the award ceremony, but it was such a blur that I kind of didn't take any of it on board. So they sent me a few judges' comments, um, which were really helpful. Um, I've been kind of including them in emails uh, to a few people, and they've been really helpful in kind of, you know, supporting my cause, saying, please read my script, um, and then I'll include a couple of comments. And uh, people have been responding well to that. So, you know, it's... Um, it's still being shopped around. It's still being developed. Um, and it's just a really good boost for um, me as a writer. Because sometimes, you know, I just think, why am I doing this? Am I even funny? Can I even write? So it's nice for someone to say, yeah, you're all right. Absolutely. And I think you've got an agent off the back of it as well. Is I that right? I did. I did. Um, which was, which is great. So now I have to really write. Um, so I've been... I've been writing all weekend and, uh, you know, a bit of a second album syndrome right now. <laughs> I'm trying to do a good follow up. Uh, but that's, you know, it can be so frustrating. I mean, I've only had an agent for about five minutes. So I know, you know, me last week was going on um, production company websites and seeing, you know, the same old message every time we don't accept unsolicited scripts. And I totally... I totally understand, um, but it can feel like sometimes you, you're hitting a bit of a, a wall. And so I'm hoping that um, kind of having an agent will make people go, oh, maybe we will read that script. 
How did you choose who, like, how did you decide that actually you worked well with that agent? How did that process work? And because that's like a really super important relationship. Well, um, it was the only person that said, would you like me to represent you? <laughs> and I just emailed her like, yes, please. Um, so yeah, she was, <laughs> she was, if only I could pretend that I had a million offers, but no, she was just the first person. But then maybe, um, you know, that's, I thought that's no bad thing because she's the person that wants to work with me. And you were saying you're like, now I actually have to write. So how does that relationship with your agent work? Yeah, I mean... I remember, you know, I, I tell a lie, I won't um, name names or anything, uh, but I did have a meeting with an agent a couple of years ago and um, it didn't go very well uh, because it was the first time that I, I thought basically, oh, I'll just turn up and I'll have this one script and that'll be enough because let's, you know, this is going to be okay. I'll just have this one thing. And this person who I met said to me, um, okay, what else have you got? And I was so unprepared. It was my first kind of professional meeting. And I didn't realize I had to have multiple ideas. I just thought, I have this one idea. Well, is that not enough? And then I and then I quickly, I think that's why the meeting didn't go so well. And this person said to me, you need to have more ideas ready to go, um, which I, I just stupidly and naively um, did not realize before. This whole process is such a learning curve. And um, so on my call with my new agent um, last week, you know, she, as as is always the case, said, what else have you got? So this time I had some ideas ready to go. I had a couple of things in a first draft, second draft form, new, new ideas. So um, she said, great, send them over when, you know, send them over and then we'll start kind of working on them. And because the award and the script is, you know, great and everything. And it says, um, here I am, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a writer and I'm giving it a proper good go but I can't and nor should anyone rely on just one good script you've got to uh keep showing that it's a good way of showing you can write but you need to show that you're versatile as well and that you've got a range um and that you can kind of keep writing so well, we know how the story ends but I kind of want to talk a bit about um how you got there you've alluded to you know the BBC comedy room and um and all that kind of thing when did you first realize that you could right um going all the way back to sixth form probably well not necessarily that I could write but that I wanted to write was um I did English lit a level and um the um I was also doing drama as well though I'm not much performer um unfortunately I wish I were and uh the English teacher said okay you can do I think we're doing streetcar named desire she said you could do um, an essay or you can write a monologue in like a character's, in the view of a character in this particular scene. I thought, I'm doing the monologue. Like the, I'm not doing the essay. So I wrote this, um, this monologue, this Blanche Dubois monologue. And that's when I, I thought, oh, I really like writing in a character. This is really, this is really exciting. I had um, plans to go and study drama at university so glad I failed because I quite soon realized I was not a performer and that would have been miserable. So in my year um, out from school and doing resets and trying to get my grades up, I started kind of looking at different options. And that's when I decided I was going to do creative writing at university. I did a screenwriting module in my third year and uh, it was only meant to be, you know, a month or two. But I said to the course tutor, 
I really want to do this. I really love this. And um, I said, how do I, I remember saying to him, it was a very like movie moment. I said, how do I do this? <laughs> and he said, um, there's only one like place that I can think of that does a screenwriting master's degree. He said it's Central School of Speech and Drama. How important do you think that it is to have like formal training? Because every screenwriter has their own, you know, story and journey. Some are just like, absolutely, you need to know about structure. It's all about honing your craft. Others are like, look, just write and don't waste your time kind of talking about writing and thinking about writing, just do it. It's such a debate, isn't it? Uh, and, you know, I've, I've read a lot of, um, there seems to be a lot of articles about this, you know, do you need to study it? Um, I would say you don't at the minute. Um, obviously, like technically you don't because there is so many resources um, and it is expensive and you know it is it is a, a way a way up and you really do have to kind of think about yourself as a writer for me at the time having the deadlines having the uh, being taught about character and structure and things um, having the tutors on hand having these amazing guest speakers you know, for me, it was a help. And I, I thought it was best for me, but it's not for everyone. Did you find like a tribe when you were doing your MA? Did you find like, you know, because I think that's another thing that can be really helpful about studying anything to do with kind of film, TV, screenwriting, is being in contact with other creatives that potentially can kind of take you up with them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think so. It was it was amazing to be with a group of like-minded people for the first the first time, you know, we all wanted to kind of be London screenwriters. Um, and it was really helpful in, I think, well, I think it was helpful in working out what I did and didn't want to do. It was good in in testing out comedy for, for the first time. It's the first time I'd written comedy was during my master's degree. And um, that came from, we were given a, a, we had to write a fight scene. Um, we were looking at this boxing um, screenplay. And they said as an assignment, could you all write a fight scene? So everyone wrote these really serious, like, you know, really like psychological kind of getting into the mind of the fighter. And I tried to and I couldn't take it seriously. So I wrote um, about a guy trying to open a jar of pasta sauce. And it was a big fight between him and this pasta sauce. And he was doing like a cook along live video. So he was getting frantic about trying to keep up with the recipe. And so it was a fight between this guy and the jar. And then I and the 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 tutor said, oh, it's oh, it's a comedy, and that's kind of when I thought, oh, okay, comedy, right? Only in the kind of last few weeks have I finally said to myself, uh, you know, stared at myself in the mirror and said, you're a sitcom writer. That's it. That's all. You know, a bit of a you're a wizard, Harry, Harry Potter moment. I'd love to hear about the um, the BBC Comedy Room actually. So that's a six month program. About once a month, we'd all go into the BBC, usually in this big boardroom, which was very imposing, and it had portraits of like the director generals on the wall. And it was absolutely amazing. I can't speak highly enough of BBC Writers Room team, um, especially Amanda uh, Farley, who seems to just be all over everything, across everything. And um, But she's so uh, wonderful and love her to bits. And Simon Nelson and the, the whole team have just so supportive of new talent and new writers and um I found it so helpful I made some some really great friends on the on the scheme I think about 
uh, I think it was about 10 or 12 of us. I think about maybe eight of us had come from the open script search. You know, I submit, uh, submitted a, a script. Do you remember which script you submitted? Yeah, it was, it was the first... Okay, now, I don't condone this, but it was a first draft, which I don't condone sending in a first draft, of Mulch Wanted, and I wrote it the week I sent it, the first ever draft, and it was so messy and bad, but... They said in my interview that they just kind of, again, they just picked up on the voice thing. Some people have lucky underwear. You seem to have like a lucky script. This is why I need, this is why I'm trying so hard to come up with the second one because it's like, I'm just really taking this dead horse and flogging it all over town. It's screaming <laughs> for a BAFTA. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's the only thing I'm going to work on until I die. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was. I wrote it the the week I sent it in, and um, I wrote most of it the the final day of the deadline, um, when the script call was closing. So um, yeah, and then developed it on the comedy room, and they give you a script editor. Who, and mine was uh, Caroline Moran, who um, wrote on Raised by Wolves, obviously uh, with her sister. And she was so helpful, amazing notes, and um, we developed it together. And and she was just she was just great. And it was so it was so good to kind of have her uh, notes back for the first time on a script. But it's not you know I didn't just walk into it. I submitted three years in a row with different scripts. The first two scripts were terrible. Uh, they were drama scripts, so they were just just really bad. And uh, finally, I sent in a comedy and got on. And presumably then when you, you know, you, you got on the BBC comedy room, um, you're getting all this amazing mentoring and these kind of networking opportunities. Is that when you're starting to think, well, actually, I can see myself doing this as a career? No, <laughs> no. In fact, I tried to um, I tried to push it down, the dreams down and stomp on them a little bit because I thought this is stupid. I'm never going to make money from this. I need to have a proper career. And so... Um, I've actually not really written for two years. Um, I've been working in uh, documentary development for two years. And um, the lockdown has really made me write again, which has been great. My boss said to me at the, at the beginning of furlough, when he furloughed me, he said, if you don't write, you're not in this time, you're not allowed to call yourself a writer. So I said, uh, that's fair enough. So um, I've written two new ideas and... Um, Got old mulch wanted, blew the uh, blew the dust off it again, and sent it into Funny Women, and um, thankfully did well. But uh, and that's the first winning that award. Um, it was wonderful, but I turned to my friend and said, "Oh no, no, I have to. I'm doing this now. This is it. <laughs> I can't. I'm not going back to normal. I'm going to have to give this a go." And you know, I'm really glad that I am giving it a go. And if it goes nowhere, you know then at least I've given it a go. You have already had like some some real like wins though, because I'm, I, you know, did my little stalk and I saw that you've been uh, in a writer's room for a Sky comedy. I'd love to hear a bit more about that because writer's rooms are a lot less prevalent here compared to like the US, for example. So, you know, for anyone who doesn't actually know what a writer's room involves, can you kind of talk a bit about that and also how you get, you know, invited to a writer's room? Sure. So, um, yeah, as you say, I've only, I've only been on one. Um, and this was September and November, 2019. And, um, yeah, I've not, I didn't have an agent or anything like that. In fact, I had to take uh, time off from, um, my job. I had to say to my boss, Hey, could I take some, 
unpaid leave to go and do this writer's room. And he was really supportive, um, thank goodness. I guess as he's a creative director of a TV company, that sort of helps. Um, but it was really, it was really great. And I was so nervous on the first day just for some background it was um yeah I was in a writer's room at Rough Cut TV um who is a production company that have really I met uh Seb Barwell the producer at a BBC networking thing in 2018 and um sent him uh my script I I don't know if you can guess which one it's my only script and <laughs> sent him that and he really liked it and uh he kind of worked with me for a while we had a, a lot of like ideas meetings and then um, he kind of turned to me and he goes, Kate, you're a northern woman. And I said, yes, technically that's true. And um, although my accent has slightly faded over the years, unfortunately. And he said, oh, OK, we're doing um, we're doing a sitcom about paramedics um, for Sky called Bloods. And uh, <clears throat> the main character, well, one of the two main characters is a northern woman would you like to come in on this writer's room? And I said, yes, please. Of course I would like to do that. And uh, so I went in on my first day. I was so, so nervous. I remember I got to, because uh, Rough Cut are based in Camden. And I got to Camden Station about an hour and a half early and went and sat in a pret and shook for an hour and a half. I was like, I can do this. I can, I'm a serious writer in the room. I'm a serious writer. And uh, got in there and everyone was so lovely. Um, it was Tasha Danraj, uh, who's great, and um, Paul Doolin and Nathan Byron, who uh, who's the creator of the show. And we just had the best time. And I think that I do hear that writers' rooms are really lovely experiences mostly. Um, but yes, they're not very common, I don't think. We kind of had a couple of uh, whiteboards and... Um, we had uh, plenty of croissants and lots of lunch breaks and not lots, but, you know, nice lunch breaks. And um, over the course of uh, a few weeks, we kind of came up with this first series of Bloods and every character and every, you know, relationship and all the what all the jokes were. And um, I managed to... Um, actually throw some ideas out there I was really worried that I was going to be a bit of a wallflower but because I'd never been in a writer's room before and I kind of didn't consider myself a writer really not a proper one like I thought these guys are proper writers I'm just kind of here I thought I'm just here to like be the secretary and take notes I don't but they really listened to me and they really kind of took my ideas on board and we came up with some amazing stuff and it was just uh, it was such a joy to work on I can't wait to see it's being filmed at the minute and I can't wait to see what's made it and what hasn't and how it looks um but yeah it should be it should be really good when it comes out anyway that sounds like such an incredible experience and you're talking about building those industry relationships I mean you've only just got an agent really so your whole career up to now has been you putting in all that legwork how how good are you how do you find it you know cold emailing people getting your work in front of the right people networking you know sending that next email when you didn't receive a reply to the last five and you know how is that for you you've just got to I mean it's not easy sometimes it can be a real blow if you the worst ones is where you've been given a glimmer of hope and then it's a, a rejection you know you've had a meeting or you've had a you've had a zoom or you've had something and and then they go uh on second thoughts you're like what did i say what did i do um but 
um i during lockdown i've been watching a lot of webinars and you know a lot of zoom uh, industry zooms and things like that and um the writer hannah george said um last week if you should be getting like at least like a rejection a week which is really good advice and um you know really good you know if you're not she said if you're not getting rejections every week you're not working hard enough you're not sending out enough emails and things like this so you know you rejections are just such a part of it that you they have to just bounce off you I'd love to find out a bit more about your writing process actually because you're not yet a full-time writer so you're still doing this documentary development so how do you manage your time I know some people, you know, I've got a a writer friend who she works a four day week and then one day of her writing. There's another one who will just work during the day and in the evenings and weekends. That's her writing time. Um, I've well, the reason I haven't written for two, a couple of years now, actually a good year and a half, nothing new anyway or original um, is that I was just too tired. You know, unfortunately, um, I'm not in a position where. I can work part time uh, or be kind of subsidized. Um, so I have to be earning a full time wage. London is expensive. You know, there's a, such a good argument for not living here and it is expensive. It really is expensive. And um, I thought I have to find a full time job um, so that I'm not having to, you know, borrow money or anything. And that really has um, t- given me a hit on the writing like it's I, it's been really hard to write in evenings and and I've I've definitely tried it over the last year and a half while I've been working full time five days a week I've tried to get up really early it's gone nowhere just watch YouTube clips or fallen back asleep or just been an idiot and then I try and write in the evenings can't do it just too tired uh weekends yeah occasionally I've done a weekend or two but it's not been consistent so um I think that is a really difficult position when you're trying to be a writer and you're having to work full time. And, you know, that's something you really need to, it's something I'm going through a debate at the minute of, okay, what do I do? Do I, you know, give myself a couple of months here to try this or do I get another kind of, do I get a part-time job? Um, it's really hard and it's it's unfortunate that um, a lot of creative people have have to face that and and it's really sad when you know people drop out of trying to be writers because they just can't afford to and um yeah so it's certainly unfortunately I'm um uh well I'm, unfortunately I'm losing my role at the end of the furlough period so I am having to this award win has kind of been like a serendipitous in a you know a way a, a good good timing because the week before I was told by my company that I was no longer going to have a job at the end of October. So I was going, oh, my God. And then this award happened. And I thought, OK, that, there's a lot. I'm a, a bit of a crossroads here, a bit of a kind of Pocahontas moment at the river. Hopefully you get that reference <laughs> where it's like, am I going down the smooth river of a full time job or do I go down this choppy, crazy do I marry Cocoam and try and be a writer? When you are writing, what does your writing day look like? And like, how are you setting yourself targets? Are you like, okay, I'm writing from, you know, as soon as the YouTube's clip finished to, you know, 6pm? Or are you just like, got to get through this scene or a certain number of pages? I'll be the first to say that um, I need to, <laughs> I need to be a lot more disciplined. And it, I now that I'm doing this seriously... Um, I really do need to set up a routine, but I'm not going to pretend like I'm this perfect. Like I get up, I, I, you know, sing to the birds and sing a little, so many Disney references. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I write from this time till this time and uh, I have one half an hour break. It's not always the case because it's not always how writing, well, my experience of it, it's not always how writing goes. Sometimes you're really excited to write a scene sometimes, and you, it, you can bash it out. Sometimes you know you have to write a scene because it's like a plot point and it's a real struggle and you think that something's not working. I've had it over the weekend. I had a real panic um, last night. I had to go through a whole plot with my mum. And I go, does it make sense? And she goes, yeah, it does make sense. So um, I'm, I try and be quite visual. So I have a, a big cork board. And so um, I'll pick an idea. I'll, well, I'll have my idea and I'll do lots of research around the idea and that around the subject area. And then I will start to put index cards and things like that on this notice board. And uh, I build up a plot because plot is definitely one of my weaknesses, which is great as a sitcom writer. But um, I'm very good at beginnings and very bad at endings. So I, I'm trying to be much more uh, structured with how I write plot and, um, you know, what are the turning points? I don't always stick to this whole, you know, three-act structure. In fact, I don't stick to it at all, really. I've just realised um, I just kind of tell the story and uh, know that there has to be... I know there has to be conflict and things like that, and each scene needs to have something happen in it. I've tried, I tried over this weekend to do the old Pomodoro technique, uh, which is 25 minutes writing, five minute break. And that's actually been really good. So I think I'm going to try and keep doing that and um, <clears throat> not going onto YouTube every two seconds. <laughs> and now that you're, so you've got your agent, you need to show her some shiny new things, uh, some pretty new writing. Where do you find that your ideas are coming from? And if you're saying that, you know, you find plot point is, you know, plots are something that you really need to work a bit harder on. Do you find that it starts with kind of an interesting character or is it a scene? Are you quite visual? You can see something in your head. Um, do you kind of get a lot of stuff from the news? I am. Yeah, I'm I am visual. I obviously working in documentaries uh, and working in documentary development, I do a lot of research into real problems, real people, interesting real life characters. I like watching really low quality um, documentaries on YouTube mainly. And I really like the, the, the rubbish true crime ones with the really bad reconstructions and then, you know, the kind of clickbaity titles. So I saw this, uh, I saw this documentary about this woman who, who lied about being ill. There's a new um, medical t kind of... Uh, thing called Munchausen by internet, which is people that uh, lie about having an illness to make, you know, to get money and um, sympathy and things online. And I thought, wow, what a, what a crazy thing to do. And what, what, how interesting. And then I just started Googling other cases of this. And um, I made this big research document. And then I thought, right, I'm going to, I'm going to write this as a, you know, this is the beginning of a a kind of a dark kind of comedy drama. So that's what I'm writing at the minute, which is what I've been working on over the weekends. Oh, that sounds amazing. So it sounds like you've now made that conscious decision that you want to be a screenwriter, that that's going to be your career. So what does that look like for you? Does it mean writing more spec scripts? Uh, does it mean continuing to develop Mulch Wanted? Yeah, I mean, that would be great. Um, here's the shift that's just happened with me. Before I was writing on the side and having a main job 
and now writing is the main job and I'm working on the side. So that's that's been the kind of psychological shift with me. And then suddenly I don't really mind what it is or what I have to do because it's all going to just be funding the writing, um, which feels like this greater power and this greater thing in my life. So um, I'm just going to do whatever I can to make that work and give it the best go I possibly can. And, um, I, you know, always be good to work with. I always like that's all my always my aim work hard, uh, but be nice to work with. I think that that's the, the one thing that I hear that keeps getting you invited back into the room is, um, you know, just be a, a good, nice, easy person. I actually went um, for a drink with um, one of the other finalists last week, a socially distanced outdoor drink. And um, she's, you know, she's just kind of starting out. And she said to me, do you think I need to be writing for radio? And I said, well, do you listen to radio? She said, no. I said, well, just don't well don't then you know do you do what you care about what you feel passionate about and um I'm not gonna go write a sci-fi script if I don't necessarily feel interested in it um you know I just want to keep writing stuff I feel passionate about because I think that that passion punches through what brilliant advice Kate and thank you so much for chatting to us on the podcast and look we'll let you get back to working through those plot points Mm -hmm.